Yeah, Father, we just invite your presence to fill this place. God, we wait for your glory to come here in this place, Lord. And God, we pray as the word goes out, Lord, we don't need to wait to the end of the message, God, to experience you. But I pray, Father, God, that your presence will begin to stir in our hearts, each and every single one of us, God. I pray that you sensitize our hearts, God. For those of us that have hardened hearts, God, I pray that you sensitize our hearts, Lord. Father, soften our hearts, O Lord, Father. Open our eyes, open our ears, God, to sense and to experience your presence, God, that transforms us. And so, Father, we just speak that out in faith right now, Lord, that... Even as I speak, your presence is going to begin to fill this place. God, your glory is going to begin to fill this place, God. And that we're going to have an amazing time tonight of just intimacy and encounter with you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, I played that song because I was listening to the song when God gave me the word for tonight. And I just love that song. Isn't it good? It's good. I want you guys to turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11, and we're going to look at which verse? What do you think? 11. Now, I know John Michael mentioned a lot of verses that a lot of, um, uh, a lot of amazing people have been posting up, but I haven't really seen this one. But for some reason, this is the one that really stood out to me. And so I want us to read it together in one voice on the count of three. One, two, three. But the land that you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven. Amen. Amen. I'm going to read the NIV version to you. It says, but the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is the land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. How many of y'all want to drink rain from heaven? How many of you think that sounds appetizing? How many of you guys come tonight with thirsty hearts? That's my question to you. Are you thirsty for God's presence? Because I feel like he's given me a word for exactly that. Because this is a promise that he's given to us. Amen? I want you guys, we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 11 a little bit. I'm just going to read it for you. I'm going to start with um, verse 8. And I'm going to read all the way to verse 12. Uh, You shall therefore keep the whole commandment that I command you today that you may be strong and go in and take possession of the land that you are going over to possess, and that you may live long in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give to them and to their offspring, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land that you are entering to take possession of it is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and irrigated it, like a garden of vegetables." But the land that you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water by the rain from heaven. A land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it. And from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. I want to talk about crossing through the Jordan. I did that last Sunday. We talked a little bit about crossing through the Jordan River, right? But I want to talk about what we're crossing into because here in Deuteronomy 11, it has an amazing picture of what this promised land is. 
Now, when we think about the promised land, I know for me, for a very long time, I thought it's a land of fruitfulness. And I thought that was the sole purpose, that the promised land was a land of fruitfulness. It was going to be a place where whatever you sow is going to multiply and grow. It's going to be a place of signs and wonders. It's going to be a place of promise. And I told you guys that the promised land is not a physical place anymore, but it's a state of our understanding, the revelation, and living out our life day to day, that we're supposed to be in the promised land. But I don't think it's just about fruitfulness. In fact, I don't think it's about fruitfulness at all. And I think the key here is hidden in verse 11. That the promised land is where we drink the rain from heaven. I believe that the promised land is not about fruitfulness, but it's about presence. It is about God's presence. Fruitfulness will naturally come as a byproduct of the presence. Because presence only leads to intimacy, and intimacy leads to fruitfulness. But I feel like the main point that God wants to drive in today is that the promised land is about God's presence. When God is saying, cross through the Jordan River, take possession of the land, he's saying, take possession of my presence. We're called to be people of God's presence. Amen? You know, I I spent a lot of time with Steve Chua this weekend under his teaching. And he talked about two kinds of knowledge. He talked about gnosis and epinosis. To know. Now, gnosis is just the literal to know the knowledge of, but epinosis is the knowledge plus the experience. How many of you guys know that God doesn't want us to just gnosis him? He wants us to epinosis him. He wants us to experience him. Now, we talk about a land, and I feel like we get a, a lot of seeds sown into us. Don't you feel like that? A lot of good messages that go out, a lot of good books we read, a lot of podcasts we listen to. And we get a whole lot of seeds, but let me tell you, the seed itself cannot grow without the water. And what we need is to live daily in our lives where we have access to heaven's rain. Because you can get a bunch of seeds, a whole land filled with seeds, but there will be no fruitfulness unless the rain comes down. I mean, we heard about droughts before, right? But when water comes down on the soil, now we're talking about the fertile soil, the parable of the sower, right? And we're talking about the soil that was once dry, all of a sudden getting encountered by the rain. And all of a sudden that dryness is all the nutrients are coming to the surface and it begins to get wet and fertile and ready. And the seed that is planted within it can only produce fruit. It can only produce fruit. We still need the seed. We're not called to live just in the rain all the time without the seed because all you get is mud. We need the seed. We need the gnosis, but we need the epinosis. We need the experience. We need the very presence of God to water the seeds in our heart that we may bear fruit. This is the land that we're called to possess. Not the land we're called to visit time to time. Not the land that we're supposed to vacation in, but the land that we are supposed to possess. That means day in, day out, you and I are called to walk in God's presence. We're called to be people in his presence. You know, what's interesting to me is this very promised land is something that uh, the Israelites sent 12 spies to check out before they crossed over the Jordan River. And 12, 12 spies from the 12 tribes of the Israelites, of the 
they, they were sent out to check out this promised land and they saw the fruitfulness, but they also saw something else. They saw giants. Well, what they thought were the descendants of giants and they saw fortified walls. Basically what they saw was, okay, this fruit looks good, but that's impenetrable. And the attitude of 10 of the spies were one of this is impossible. Now, let me tell you something about Satan. Something I learned this weekend is Satan's primary objective is to block you, to destroy you from your intimacy with God, your relationship with God. If he can get us to chase the fruitfulness, but not the presence, he's got us. He's got us. And, and don't we do that sometimes? We get obsessed with the fruitfulness part. We're like, God, I want to be fruitful. I want to be fruitful. I want to be fruitful. Well, let me give you a key today. It's all about his presence. You want fruitfulness in your life? You got to walk in his presence. See, here the 12 spies go and they see all these different obstacles. And I feel like they represent a lot of what you and I feel when we think about the presence of God. We think it's impenetrable. What we see is fortified walls and we see, you know what? I just, I don't think that I can go in there. And we see giants, maybe giants of shame. I'm not worthy to go into the Holy of Holies. I'm not worthy to interact and have God's presence like that with me because God knows what I did this week. And therefore I'm disqualified for entering his presence. Maybe we see giants of judgment. Giants of condemnation, striving. I can't go into the presence because I haven't earned it yet. I'm not good enough yet. I haven't done my Bible readings and I haven't done this, that, and this yet. Therefore, I'm not, dis- I'm not qualified to go into the presence of God, but I'm disqualified. And we look at the promised land and by promised land today, I'm talking about the presence of God as something that's impenetrable. But out of the 12 spies, 10 spoke those words, but two said something different. In fact, the spokesman of the two was a brother named Caleb. And Caleb said, no, we should possess that land. We should go, in fact, tomorrow. tomorrow. Let's go. Take the land. It's ours. And he spoke the very words of faith. And later on, when God speaks to Israelites, he says that Caleb spoke from a different spirit. Out of the 12 spies, Caleb spoke from a different spirit and said, no, That's mine. That's the land that God has promised me. So that's mine. The presence of God is ours. You guys, the attitude that we need to have for the presence of God is that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. Heaven reigns. That's mine. That's mine. We need to possess the promised land. We need to possess the very presence of God. The truth is there are no fortified walls. In fact, Hebrews 10, 19, 22 says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus Christ, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. 
We're called to walk in God's presence. Can you tell that to your neighbor? You're called to walk in God's presence. Just release the presence of God over your neighbor right now. Say, I release it. The greatest lie that the devil's going to try to throw your way is that you're not good enough to get in. You need to break this lie because that is not what the word of God says. In fact, it says that we don't qualify. That's true. But someone pay the price so that you and I can qualify. And that person is Jesus Christ. Just as we read in Hebrew, it says the blood of Jesus Christ is upon us. And therefore, we can enter in God's presence with what full confidence? But that's the thing. We think we need to be fruitful first in order to enter his presence. We say, God, let me show you what I can do. And then I can step into the holy of holies. Doesn't work like that. In fact, the way that God designed it is come into my presence and you'll see my fruit. What does it say in Deuteronomy chapter 11? It says the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give to them and to their offspring, a land flowing with milk and honey for the land that you are entering to take possession is not the land of Egypt. From which you have come where you sowed your seed and irrigated it. We're not called to water our own seed folks. That's the land of Egypt. That is the land of slavery. We're not slaves anymore, but we are sons. And we're entering a time where our church, where our ministries, where our workplaces, where God is calling us to be carriers of his presence. When Joshua, when God told Joshua, every place your foot steps on will be mine. The reason why he was able to say that is because they were going to carry his presence. Now, if we carry God's presence everywhere that we go, that means your workplace is all of a sudden going to experience what? God's presence. That means when you go home in your family, they're going to experience what? God's presence. That means when you go to school to study, the classroom is going to experience what? God's presence. But the very thing the devil wants to trick you into believing is you don't have access to it. You got to earn that place. That's not yours. And all you see is giants and you see walls. But I'm talking about a perspective change tonight. Perspective change tonight where God wants to give us the eyes of faith. Just as he did to Caleb and to Joshua that when we see the very presence of God, we don't see the giants. We don't see the fortified walls. We see intimacy and we say That's mine. That's mine. I'm going to possess that. It's a faith-filled perspective. Have you guys ever watched a 3D movie? I remember my first 3D movie. um, Actually, I don't know if it was my first, but one of the first 3D movies that I watched was Avatar. And um, the thing about watching Avatar in 3D is I, I didn't like it, first of all, because I was sitting on the side. I think the best way is when you sit, like, straight on. Anyway, side note. I was sitting on the side and, uh, you know, for a moment, uh, I took off my 3d glasses cause they come with these really awesome, uh, make you look very cool, 
uh, 3D glasses. My favorite is looking at people who have glasses under their 3D glasses. Anyway, but that's... Anyway, so, you know, you have the 3D glasses. And and I remember for a moment, I was just like, oh, I don't know. I don't even... I'm not sure if I even enjoy this 3D uh, because I was just sitting off to the side a little bit. And I took off my glasses for a second. And I remember looking at the screen without the 3D glasses. And you know what I experienced? Confusion. Confusion, mass confusion. And, and what resulted in confusion? A migraine. Okay, a very big migraine. And so I only enjoyed Avatar thoroughly when I watched it in 2D. And then later, I think I saw it again. I, I really enjoyed that movie, by the way. Uh, and then I saw it straight on, and it was incredible with the 3D. But that's besides the point. And faith-filled perspective is kind of like those 3D glasses. Without it, things don't make sense. And we look at our lives and all we see is confusion. And that confusion just produces anxiety and stress. And we just look at the problems and all the devil wants to do is get you to zone in on the giants that are in your life. But we have access. In fact, the 3D glasses were purchased. They came with the ticket. I didn't have to pay extra for the 3D glasses. When I paid for the movie, okay, I got the 3D glasses for free. All right, when Jesus died on the cross for us, the faith-filled perspective came with it, okay? And that perspective that begins to change everything, where when you put on those glasses, everything begins to make sense. Everything begins to come alive. It came with it. But so many of us are living life with the 3D glasses off, and we're so confused all the time. I don't get it. God, I thought you promised me this. I thought you told me that. Why is this so confusing? We got to put the glasses back on. And I feel like God is saying that, God, he's calling us higher. You know, the higher you go, the, the more things begin to make sense. Because the bigger picture you get. Have you ever flown on a plane and you looked down from the plane and you just saw just... Everything looks so small all of a sudden. And the things that look so big and ginormous look so small. I just feel like that's what Joshua and Caleb saw. That to everybody else, they were looking up and saw giants, but they, they had a faithful perspective that was higher. And when they looked down and saw the giants, it was so small. And when they looked at the fortified walls, it was so small. What is that? It's nothing. And their perspective began to show what was truly there. And we're called to cross over because it's what it needs, what it takes. It says we're supposed to cross over, going over. What are we crossing over? We have to cross over our doubts. We have to cross over our self-centeredness. Because when we focus on self, yeah, we're going to stay in a place of shame and condemnation. We got to cross over the, the circumstances. You know, sometimes we let circumstances block the presence. We think that the circumstances are bigger than God's presence. I know if I say it like that, it doesn't make any sense. But when we live our lives, sometimes that's exactly what we do. We say, God, I had a bad day today. So when I go to Friday fire, it's probably not going to be that great. In fact, maybe I don't even want to go because I don't feel like it. Because my circumstances are bigger than your presence. God, I feel sick today, so I'm not going to go out to this prayer meeting. Why? Because my circumstances are bigger than your presence. 
God, I'm going to stop believing for this because everything that I see in the circumstance says the exact opposite and the circumstances are bigger than your presence. It's time to get it in the right direction. It's time to begin to flip it. In fact, his presence are, is way bigger. His presence is overwhelming. His presence is described here like rain pouring down from heaven. Didn't we just sing that he has come like the rain? That showers down on barren plain. On the barren plain. Some of us, we have barren plain and we're trying to fruit, be fruitful in the barren plain. We're trying to sow our own seeds and water our own seeds and, and just stare and see, man, I hope this grows. That's not the answer. Fruitfulness is just the byproduct. But we got to take our barren plain into the presence. And we got to let the heavenly waters just begin to pour down on us. And begin to soften our hardened hearts. And begin to sensitize us once again to God's spirit, to his truth, to his wisdom, to his knowledge. To begin to access the very things of God. What does rain look like? I'll give you a small picture. Joel chapter 2 verse 28, 29. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. How many of you are on some of that? I do too. I do too. But before we enter that, I believe God is saying, you got to believe it. You got to have faith for it. You got to cross over whatever you're dealing with, cross through that and begin to say, no, I possess the promised land. The presence is mine. The presence is mine. That's the one thing that's going to be eternal. You guys is the very presence of God encountering, growing, being saturated with the presence of God. In verse 12, it says, it's a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it. From the beginning of the year to the end of the year. You know, we're now called the temple of God. We're called the carriers of God's spirit. We're the, we're the land that is being spoken about. We are the land. The fruitfulness that's supposed to be a byproduct is in us and out of us. We are that land. But we need to be rained on. We need to begin to claim God's presence. We can't chase the fruitfulness first. We need to go after the presence first. I know it's a very simple word. But for me, it was a really profound one. When I was just listening to my music and thinking, oh, man, God, so many times I missed it. I missed it. I was so focused on what I had to do that I forgot about your presence. But isn't it amazing? It says it's a land. Let me rephrase it. 
a land, if that means you, then you, the Lord your God, he cares for. He cares for you. And the eyes of the Lord your God are always upon you. From the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And we're approaching the end of 2011. And God is just saying, my eyes are upon you. I care for you. And what you're called to be, what you're called to possess in your own life is to walk in my presence. Is to overflow my presence. That's how we change nations. We don't change nations without us first being changed. It first takes our faith in believing that God is going to rain down on us. And from that place, we're blessed to be a blessing. I want you guys to just close your eyes for a moment. It says the land that you're crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. Mountains and valleys. And I feel like those words mountains and valleys are not meant to be obstacles or spiritual highs and lows. But I feel like those words represent the height and the depth of God's presence. The height and the depth that we're called in the height and the depth of his presence to drink his heavenly rain, his presence. It's not about just gnosis. It's not about what we just know. It's not just about the seed. The seed get planted. And, and guess what? The seed is always good, but you need the rain to be poured down in order for that very seed to be activated and to begin to burst out from that tiny little thing to grow into a huge tree. A tree where now others can find rest and others can find refuge. It takes rain. It takes his presence. And tonight, we need to cry out for God's presence. And when you begin to look at God's presence, you can't say, God, I see fortified walls. God, I see giants. Now, you got to say, God, what I see is what belongs to me. Because you pay the price for me and you to be one. And so therefore, there's no blockage, there's no giants, there's no walls, there's no boundaries, there's no limitations, there's nothing that's stopping me and you from becoming in this stillness, receiving the heavenly rain. Yeah, if you've been struggling with sin... It's easy. Repent. Believe it. Believe First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's nothing that's blocking you. That's the truth. And I want you guys to just close your eyes. 
before them my message. I feel like God wants to release his presence. And some of you guys have been yearning for it. And it feels like you've been working really hard to get it. It hasn't been coming. It's not something you strive for. His presence is not something you earn. It's something you access by faith. Is your land barren? Do you feel like you're in the desert? Then the very thing you need is his presence. You feel like you know a lot, but you don't really epinosis him. You need his presence.